2018. Welcome to Postmarked 9. I'm Scott Southern. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend. I'm back, baby. You're back, baby. Took a couple week sojourn to to Europe and hung out hung out in Ireland. We we just missed Monday Night Raw and SmackDown being in Ireland. And we drove past the arena though. And the cab driver said, Hey, the wrestling was just here and I was like, Sorry, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation from work and uh the thing that that feels a lot like work which is pro wrestling i have to tell you it was it was great it was so great I'm, in a way i'm jealous i'm very jealous just thinking about the idea of being away for a couple of weeks uh sounds fantastic because you had you well you had the opportunity you could have said you know what like tim's not here so i mean i i've got i don't have much reason to do anything really um but he'll be back, so you know it's okay. I can go on, but but you continue to watch wrestling. I continued to watch, and I didn't think about it until like this morning, really. <laughs> that like, oh, I could have just not done that. Just I could have. I that. thought about it. I thought about it a couple like last week, and there's something in my brain that's like, you haven't missed a raw in years. You can't right. just skip one for no reason. You have to have a uh-huh. reason if you're going to skip an episode of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> You've got perfect attendance. I have perfect attendance. You get a, you get like an award for that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, and it's tough to be taken out of your comfort zone, which, um, you know, which I experienced a lot in my, my travels abroad. You know, it's different over there. They oh, yeah. drive on the other side of the road. And Did you have to get like a plug adapters for your stuff? Dude, it's so fucking funny because my parents have like plug adapters that you can take with you anywhere. So we had like a plug adapter that worked in Ireland and the same thing like you could finagle and you could use it to plug in in the Netherlands, which is where we were too. We were in Amsterdam. Oh, man. Couple sober people in Amsterdam. Sounds like a real party. Um, Yeah, the coffee shops. I don't know if you know about this, but they drink coffee in Amsterdam. Well, like weed coffee? Yeah. Nice. Um, but uh, great non-alcoholic beer selection in Amsterdam. They have these like tiny cans of Amstel 0.0. Are they smaller cans? They Well, they have regular size cans, but they also have really small cans. <laughs> so I, I had a real Andre the Giant moment <laughs> where I'm just standing in the grocery store buying a single can of Amstel 0.0 <laughs> for 55 cents which is like 60 cents american but <laughs> it was tight dude i fucking i i'm going to i'm going to be a european like bohemian that's like my thing now is i'm just an expat living over there slamming amstels anyway so but w- what was really nice is coming home and and yesterday i had the day off and so I did what I do, which is watch Raw and SmackDown like during my day off. And I was so fucking stoked about watching wrestling for the first time in a few weeks. All your old friends oh back together again. It was again. so great to see all the guys and the gals and to just like, I guess, be in a position for the first time in a couple, I no, like, I can't think of the last time that I was able to just put wrestling on and just 
be like, all right, cool. And not to think about everything in terms of just like, all right, well, what are they doing here? And, you know, oh, come on. Like, is he is he going to be he's facing this guy again? Oh, Kevin Owens looks stupid again. Like all of that shit that just like grates at you because I would just watch wrestling and I was like, oh, my God, Seth Rollins is the fucking best. I mean, to be fair, Seth Rollins is the fucking best. He's been the best. He's been the best. And I think that was like a big takeaway that I had from from all of it was the fact that I saw Seth for the first time in a while where we've been talking a lot lately about how, you know, we're, we kind of take him for granted. And I think that, you know, he's obviously been on the incline for a few months now. I mean, ever since the gauntlet match, yeah. it was a very clear, like, all right, like that's his jetpack. He is going to be a star again. It's going to be a little bit different, but we're going to make him. And I think that when you're like, when you're watching that happen and you're completely from within it, you kind of don't fully buy in in the same way just because it's like, it's it's like watching someone who's like losing weight where you don't notice that they're losing weight until you see a picture of them from eight weeks ago. So to put it on Raw for the first time in, in a few weeks and to see Seth Rollins coming out and to see the crowd and to see the way that they're talking about him and to just see the fact that he's like, I mean, he's always been magnetic, but in this sense, it's just like, yo, like I'm in peak form right now and everybody here is into it. And me, I'm just like, oh my God, he's a star. He's a star again. He is. He's been. I. It, it's tough because I think yeah, like like you said, we've been talking about this for a little while now. We've been watching it happen. We've been seeing him, you know, overperform week after week and like look really good each time around. But yeah, it's it's like when you. I was thinking about my friend Vince who has a kid, and every time I see him and his kid, she's like bigger, and I'm doing right. that like grown up thing that you remember. Yeah grown-ups doing when you were a kid like oh my god you've like grown so huge, much right what the hell and it's like feeling that and seeing that happen but like he sees that every day and doesn't notice it at all yeah and it's the same yeah i think this is such a cool thing to like for you to be able to come back and be like oh my god seth Rollins is the real deal he's just totally the real deal and it's like it's crazy to think that you know we we we've talked i think like one of the running jokes about the intercontinental title like you know, everybody wins it and says that they're going to restore it back to its legacy. But The Miz did a really good job of legitimizing it. And now Seth is carrying that title around like it's meaningful. And he's having matches with people that are just based on the fact that he's like a fighting intercontinental champion. And the, the match this week was awesome. And it was awesome with Jinder, who, you know, I, I think Jinder's fine, but sure. I think Seth's doing a really good job of, like, having really good matches week to week with just people. It's not like he's fighting in the main event every week. It's just that he's solidly carrying it through. I guess similarly to the way Cena did it. Yeah, but with Cena, it was, it was interesting with Cena because that was, like, the first time we'd seen something like that happen. Yeah. Uh, to the extent that it did with someone from that with that much stature and that much pull doing this like open challenge type thing but with Cena it was 
on a week to week basis, we were just so impressed by the matches Cena was putting on. Right. Now it's 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 really interesting to see Rollins just wrangle other people in and put dope matches on with people that A shouldn't be in his league and B like you've never seen them have a decent match in this capacity before. Like just a hell of a match. Just yeah, just a really, really good raw match. And I think that like, you know, Cena was so established in doing that. And Seth is like obviously an established star of the last five years, but it's it's a different type of star. It's like he and really anybody that's not on like a level that's similar to Cena's, it's like you have to go through a few phases of like proving yourself within it. And, you know, Seth it was in the shield and then it was carrying the title. And then, like, the Triple H thing didn't really work out the same or, like, as well as we thought it was going to work out. And then he got hurt. And then it was just, like, middling a little bit. And I think that we were all worried about, like, all right, like, is it going to happen? Yeah, it seemed like this was he was just going to end up in this middling ground forever at that point. And to, like, I don't know, to see it. To, and to see him come out and to see that like that he came out with a fucking magnitude to it and like i i don't know i think it was i was locked in and i was listening to the commentary a lot more intently than i guess i usually do because kind of you know playing a little bit of catch up on like what's going on and stuff like that and michael cole is just like seth rollins is killing right now seth rollins is having like one of the like greatest runs of his career and like damn you're like you're right and really impressive just on all fronts how well they've done with with him yeah i think it's cool how consistent they've been too it's i mean you brought up the gauntlet match uh where he was in it for an hour and change or whatever and i think that's so cool that they really just stuck with that they made this move they decided to put their like eggs in the Seth Rollins ba- Seth Rollins basket and like fuck yeah we're going to just push him slowly but surely like just continue to have him in real like ten pole matches on every Monday night raw real like solid feuds uh give him the belt and since then he's just been a powerhouse yeah he's totally carrying it great and it's like it it's just funny cuz it's like it's like you know they do they do this so many times where it's like it's like especially with the intercontinental title too it's just like all right curtis axel is your intercontinental Mm. champion and we're giving him we're giving him two weeks on raw and all right now we just don't care about it and like i love that seth isn't in the money in the bank match i think that's like super important too for like establishing the fact that like no he's not in that because he's the intercontinental champion and that shit is important yeah and he's i mean he's mildly shit talking lesnar uh, which, which is, is great. so good. It, totally. It makes sense. It. I mean, nobody really buys the fact that the IC belt is more important than that big red one, but it does like lend a certain quantity of believability to him as being very confident and comfortable and and stoked about being the intercontinental champ. Yeah, I think that the I think that like kind of what we've been wanting for a long time with that belt too is like to think about to think about it in terms of like all right well it's it's a belt that means this it you know used to be like the worker's belt and to an extent we can like kind of like 
we can maneuver that into like this, you know, modern era of, you know, these type of people are fighting for the intercontinental title. And I think that it, I think that it's lending itself into, into that position too. And it's good that he's like talking shit about Lesnar. And it's good that he's like, you know, saying that he's got the one that matters because it's starting to really feel that way. That's true. Especially when you think of, I I feel like when, when we were talking about the triple threat match that was going to happen at mania, that happened at mania for the intercontinental championship belt, I think I was not feeling very excited about it. Just thinking about the idea that is this the time that they're going to bring prestige back to the belt again? Right, yeah. Which I th- I think has been conditioned uh, over the course of the last five years of, like you said, the Curtis Axel runs of the championship. But really, The Miz had this thing for a year, and that was fucking great. And yeah. now Seth Rollins has it. There's, I mean, I I don't know if it had like a serious level of prestige, but this thing's been taken seriously. It's not a bullshit belt like it had been. I think giving it to The Miz for that long, who we all loved, giving it to Rollins now, who we all love. Yeah. It, I think this thing has gravity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. One of the other things that I got really stoked about turned out to not actually be true. But, you know, I saw the graphic for Money in the Bank for the for the men's Money in the Bank match. And I saw all three members of the New Day. And I was like, oh, my God, all three of them are in there. Like, what does that mean? Like, are they are they like infighting? Is there is there like, you know, the idea that like maybe there's dissension in the ranks and the I mean, which I don't know how that would actually work out. But I just like I got I got so excited for a second. The idea that I mean, and what the reality of it is that like. We know that one of them is going to be in there, and hopefully one of them. That means a singles push for one of them. Yeah, to be fair, I think that's awesome. I'm very yeah, excited. Absolutely. I, we we have a list of stuff we want to talk about with these potential Money in the Bank winners, the people that are in this match, and I'm more excited about the New Day than anything else at this point. Yeah. There's so much weird shit that can be happening here. The idea of a New Day run with that briefcase is awesome oh, be so good to they, just have like, they could take it in so many directions they could I do know. so much stuff the party that those dudes have every time they come to the ring <clears throat> it's so fun and can you imagine them with that contract the wacky shit that they would do with it it's, it's, it's oh i love it dude yeah yeah they're just carrying carrying that thing around like integrating it into the fucking the fucking new day party so let's let's talk though about um about money in the bank because i mean we're we're talking so much about how how much work all this is how much how much wrestling can just like drain on you know seven hours of of your <laughs> week that you spend every week if you're fucking committed but money in the bank is like that's where we that's where we came back baby oh that's the heart and soul that's the birth of uh, of wrestling fandom. I fucking love Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank 2011, Scott and I both went to, and we were, we were both, like, getting back into it separately. Um, I think a little bit more on my end, but I, I was just like, yo, we you guys should come to this thing. It's going to be fucking great. And that was, like, the best... That was, I mean, it's still the best 
wrestling show that I've ever been to. Yeah. Ever I, been a part of. Totally. A hundred percent. I think it was super validating to go with a crew that was very excited about it and to have that crew. Ben Gorski said it was better than the White Sox winning the World Series. Which I believe. I believe because, it, yeah, it definitely was. Money in the Bank was better than the Cubs winning the World Series. That was so fucking crazy. It Yeah. And it was just like that show top to bottom too. It just had this like, I think for me, it was, I, I guess, like a real moment of like kind of understanding like this is how wrestling is now where there's elements of of fiction and nonfiction going on within all of it. I mean, obviously the CM Punk storyline, but that whole show, just the atmosphere of all of it where everybody was like so locked in to that story, to the idea that there were real implications to the story, that the outcome of it actually mattered. And then you're watching what's going on in the ring and I felt like there's just an understanding that like everybody that's participating in all of this knows that the show is important and are doing everything that they can to to stand out. Seamus killed a guy. Dude, I think we I'm not sure if we talked about this on the first episode of this show, but I remember very vividly showing up late to that show because me and Dan were doing doobies in the parking lot and walking oh, yeah. through the curtains of uh, the Allstate Arena into the seating area from like the concession, you know, hallways into the arena. Just walking in, it's like, you know, sort of smoky, some blue lights. Uh-huh. And we see some ladders in the ring, and then just all of a sudden, Sinkara gets broken in half. And I'm just, my mind is blown. I have no idea where I am. I'm terrified and like in awe. It was one of the most amazing, just 10 second sequences of my life. And my perspective of like also fucking cruising doobies like before (laughs) that and like seeing you guys coming in and just being like what are you oh my it's just slow motion death of Sin Cara and I mean like you talk about you talk about a show too that you want to bring because Dan came with and Dan didn't fucking care. You shit. But like I always think that the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank are the perfect like hey, you're not into wrestling, check this out because you know, the Royal Rumble's crazy and if you watch Money in the Bank, someone might die or you know, there, there's just like all sorts of shit. It's like really the you know, it's it's such a great it's such a great gimmick pay per view, and it's also just a great like all right, like stakes are fucking high here. This is uh, this is important and something to be excited about. Yeah, they're the shenanigan shows that I think the uh, I don't know. There's stuff that's like TLC or Extreme Rules that are like wild carnival yeah, side yeah. shows as well, but. The Money in the Bank and Rumble shows have so much... Um, I think that they just like encourage a lot more fun. People do... Everyone's getting their shit in yeah. in a Money in the Bank match. Uh, and someone might die. But also someone's going to do something really fun and wild off of the side of a ladder to the outside of the ring. Yeah, totally. It's just like it's all super well-paced. And, and it's nice, you know, to have another show too where members of... Raw and SmackDown face off against each other. You know, it's not 
It's not only one time a year. But like one of the things about Money in the Bank is that it's it's an interesting show because it's like, all right, we're given something to to an individual and it's and it's important and there's kind of three separate tracks that people kind of tend to go down when they win that briefcase is that you know they cash it in quickly on the current champion or they hold on to it for you know an extended period of time and it's just like this hanging and looming threat so uh i think it'd be fun to talk about like what you know who do you want to see uh face the current champion who do you want to see win it and face the challenger at the moment and who do you want to just hang on to it and just hold it for a long time i think i don't know so the current champs we've got aj and we've got brock right yeah and is is the way that this works that the winner fights whoever that's on did they go for the belt on, on the show that they're on i would think so i don't remember that's right. make, that would make sense yeah yeah, yeah. um because they i feel like they would plug it because the royal rumble they i think they made it like really clear that the winner gets to, to decide yeah yeah i don't know i mean here it seems like there's a lot of a lot of ways a lot of this could go and there's also looking at some of the competitors in both of these matches there's some people that are in these matches that just don't they don't size up to the current champs yeah um thinking about bobby Roode winning the uh money in the bank briefcase I feel like bobby Roode's place in all of this is just to say all right we we want this guy to remain relevant He's got to be in this, even though he's got no business in it. And there's always someone in there that's doing that, right? Totally. There's always a couple people. Dolph Ziggler has been in so many Money in the Bank <laughs> ladder matches, <laughs> which I mean, he's great in them too. There's yeah. like, don't get me wrong, he's a good. Him taking bumps off, like falling off that ladder, is yeah choice. But you know, he's never gonna really hold that thing. When he did, it was great. But at this point, like, what is he doing? Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, so I think Bobby Roode's in the in the Dolph Ziggler category this year. Uh, is he like? Is he gonna? Because like, you know, I missed it. Is he? What? It's what's he been doing? Is Bobby he doing Roode? anything? I don't fucking know. Dude. I have no idea. He's just no. He's wallowing. He's showing up and doing his thing, just you know smiling. And... He's got a weird smile too. I don't know if that's like. I don't know. I, I'm like watching him, and he's like smiley and like giggly. And I don't know if you're supposed to, like, trust him or not. Because I don't think he's got a trustworthy face. No, he's a businessman. He looks like your stockbroker that you trust him because he's clearly conniving. He's great at making people like him. He's a used right. car salesman. Yeah. it's I, I don't know. I, he does a lot of cocaine on the weekends. Totally. And that's fine. Totally. Like, you're... Do okay, your thing. Yeah. Just, but, like, don't let all of my money go up your nose. But, like, I can tell that you're not like that far right i i mean i think he's also not to go too tangential here he's in he's like a real example of a lot of people right now that are baby faces for some reason that just don't make sense yeah. baby faces yeah i don't know why he's in this position right now and it seems like everyone's been talking about that for a while but right. 
It just doesn't make any sense, and I don't know how to root for him. I love him. Bobby Roode's awesome. I feel like I feel like what they what what they've proven a little bit with uh, Nakamura is that like you can get over the fact that the crowd really loves your entrance music, so they can do something with with Bobby Roode where you know I think that they brought him in because they knew that everyone was going to be like screaming glorious the moment he came out so it's like all right well he's got to be a baby face here um that was a year ago fuck you're right that i mean it, it was awesome when yeah, it happened we right. all did scream glorious uh-huh. and now what what are you doing man yeah yeah, yeah. anyway uh, all right i don't, I don't want Bobby i don't want him i don't want him <laughs> i don't want him near it i don't i i want him to like i want him to to do something mean to somebody that they pair up with him in a month and maybe he can turn on like three weeks later. That sounds about right, right? Sure. You know who I'd love to face the current champion? I want Finn Balor to win that briefcase. I want him to fight Brock Lesnar. I think that like one thing they that I would really like to see them do with Finn is sell him a little bit more on being like a hard ass. Like he's he's very handsome man he's cute and they like the kids love him but like he's a hard style guy totally that dude is that dude came from japan that that's where he he started the fucking bullet club man those guys are brutal never heard of it i don't i don't know why i don't know why yeah i mean he's coming out and he's pure baby face which totally makes sense but i don't think yeah i don't i think your point is totally correct i don't think there's any reason why he can't also be like elbowing people in the face and making him bleed. Totally. He's he could totally be. I don't. I, I'm not mad if he beats Brock, and even if he doesn't, I, like, I they could put together a hell of a fight for totally. 12 minutes where they're both just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like you know, Brock can throw him around too. Totally. I know that it's like an unpopular opinion at this point. Like nobody wants. Everybody's mad at Brock now, um, but. Finn's hey, he's a, the Finn, champ. Finn's a guy that I think would work really well in that in that scenario of just like he wants to fight Brock Lesnar. You know, we can bring the demon out, but also like like bring out the fucking like strong style. Bring out that like old school brawler. Uh, you know, pre WWE Finn Balor and have him fight Lesnar. Let Lesnar throw him around for a while. See what happens. But I'm not arguing with that at all. I like that look. Um, you know, for someone to, you know, face current challenger. I mean, you know, like think about it in terms of like facing the current challenger. It's like on one side you got you got Roman and Is that Roman kind of, even the current challenger? I think, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if, I mean, that belt's not on the line. Right. At Money in the Bank. You assume that it's not going to be on the line until SummerSlam. Right. And it'd be wild if anybody else is challenging Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam other than Roman Reigns. I mean, what about Braun? (sighs) I think Braun, I think Braun makes it an interesting, Braun might be the closest one to that belt right now. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I could very easily see the situation where Braun wins this briefcase and is the only viable challenger. 
for the belt for the belt he doesn't need that briefcase though this is the thing with with braun i think and mm. i think it's something that's like kind of interesting to consider with braun where he's at right now because he's he's braun he doesn't really need anything kind of like they talk about how andre never needed the title but braun is stuck with being braun that being enough for him to be compelling but now they're just kind of running through the same that's shit the thing. with him. That's totally the thing. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily think he does need the briefcase, but he needs something yeah. to put him in a real feud that's not just a goof feud or a six-man tag match. He needs something that gets him in a an actual fight with someone else. Because when I was watching, when I was watching Raw, um, and he was beating up Kevin Owens and like Bobby Roode was watching. I was just like, damn, like they're doing, they're doing this shit still, huh? Yeah. That's not changing. No, that's, that's been going on for the whole year. That's fucked up. Yeah. This guy's red hot. And it's just, I mean, I think slowly, but surely he's turning into someone like, uh, the big show where we all kind of love him, but that's like worrisome. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think he needs <laughs> something here. But um, you know, it's 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 hard because you know the other the other current challenger is Nakamura. Shin, and I would love. It's hard to argue with anybody on the SmackDown side that's not Samoa Joe. It's really hard because even if it's even, I'd love him to face Nakamura because that match would be brutal. Yeah, and I love him to hold that thing. For as long as he needs to, because he can just talk and talk and talk. I don't know if if this is like a new phase of Samoa Joe, because I am not very familiar with what he was doing in TNA. Like the last eight years of, of Joe is kind of a, a blank spot for me. It's like, well, last I remember he was feuding with CM Punk in Ring of Honor. <laughs> But his promos, at, at this point, they're just they're they're one of the best parts of television right now. He's on his own. He's on. He's like on his own level here. Just being, he's bringing something to the show. I was watching the show this week and watching Joe, you know, line up for that match, and and just I totally forgot that he wasn't already in. The money in the bank match it yeah. just like seemed like of course he's a given in that match because he's probably gonna win it yeah it just felt that way immediately and then you know they put on that pretty killer match together it was really fun whatever uh, but just the gravity of that man right now is so powerful i think what he's doing really well is M- miz has really taken this concept of you know speaking in real life terms with you know against your opponent and and turning that into just such a good way to generate heat to generate a realness to you know to the concept that you're that you want to fight somebody but you know mrs chicken shit he's always been chicken shit and he's always going to be chicken shit um, but Joe takes that and it's just like, I'm going to destroy you and you believe it 
because he says it with such conviction and because look at that human being. Of course, he's going to destroy literally anybody. It's funny. I, I, I hate speaking in cliches, but that brick shithouse metaphor is pretty perfect for that man. Yeah. He's just a huge wall made of bricks. I, it's, and and I think that there's, there's something to, to his look where I've been gravitating more and more towards, I mean, Kevin Owens is one of my favorite guys sure. in the ring and, and there's something about just the the level of like imperfection to his body and to you know he's not there's no definition on him at all he's just <laughs> he's just a guy that would take out anybody that that would that could possibly stand in his way you know yeah. it's like it's like it's like Brock is is inhuman and but joe is like so similarly built to him just without any of the definition and i think that you know for the way that he speaks and for the sense of reality that he has in all of this it just is so befitting to everything right now that like of course he talks like that because he's a real person he's such a holistic heel right now he he so the question comes up quite often that, you know, who would you not want to actually fight right. in real life? If you ran into any of these wrestlers in a bar and they wanted to fight you, I mean, it's, I would not, he's at the top of the list. It's Joe and Brock that I would not want to run into in a bar. Well, the thing about, and the thing about Brock is that you wouldn't run into him. Right, because he's not a human being. You would never run into him anywhere except in a wrestling ring or a UFC octagon. Exactly, because that's like, he's a, he's a robo-man. Whereas Joe, you can see him sitting at the corner of the bar, somebody spilling a drink on him, and then him just ripping that dude's head off. Yeah. I, I He's, he's so well-rounded and just perfectly perfectly formulated right now in a way that i don't know if anybody besides the miz is there's such solid polar opposites of what it means to be a good believable heel we yeah. have like the chicken shit and also the freight train and it's they're they're both doing their job so well i mean and that said i you know i i agree that joe is somebody that i think i want him to win that money in the bank uh briefcase but the Miz is definitely my second choice here. Dude, absolutely. 100%. Because, I mean, he, you know, he's going to carry that thing around and, and let you know every single week that he can be the champion tomorrow. He's made tonight. for that. He's yeah. made to talk shit with that bu- with the briefcase in his hand. And it's, on, it's, obvious, it's honestly like he's so good at doing that that you almost think like, oh, well, he doesn't need it. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Totally. I, I mean, the only reason that I think, aside from that, I, I mean, the possibilities of Daniel Bryan and him just building over the course of the next year. I know. Is it's too much to ignore. You can imagine a SummerSlam thing happening, or a Royal Rumble thing, or a Mania thing happening between the two of them. We know it's going to culminate at some point, and. I wonder if that briefcase can play into it in a way that gives it even more and more weight. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that, man, if if that's not the WrestleMania match for those two people, one of them, if one of them isn't in the main event otherwise, then they're totally shitting the bed on that. On the women's side of things, though, like I'm looking at these 
categories and it's like who do i want to face the current champion and there's nobody in that match that i'm like oh yeah that's something that i really want to see which is i think a you know it's a statement towards the types of champions that you have on raw and smackdown right now where you have you know you have nia Jax, and then you look at like the raw competitors on there and it's like i well she fought alexa bliss for the last like six months i don't want to see that and i mean i don't believe that sasha banks could beat her in a fight no no <laughs> so and then with carmella it's like all right well i don't know i don't i mean charlotte i feel like charlotte is just like nullified from this completely right you don't think she has a chance i i don't think that she it would just not make sense for her she's gonna like do great stuff in the match and it's like good to have someone you know like that in that match but charlotte doesn't need that that's true i i wonder if cena won the money in the bank a couple years ago and he did that noble thing where he yeah set a date and Uh just said i'm using this to have a championship match dude i love that that gif of cena with the briefcase which is like like he won the lottery his, <laughs> his face is so good i but i mean like that's just to say that he definitely did not need a briefcase to have a title shot but yeah. it's a good storyline to make it happen and we have these his two. was part of it part of like a larger like all right cena's gotta like work his way back sure yeah i mean I, i'm just saying that we have these two briefcases and I think something that happened great last year, which it was a weird Money in the Bank season last year, but it was cool to see them used in completely different ways. I'm not imagining that both of these briefcases are going to be held for the next nine months yeah. uh, on either side of the thing. So I'm yeah, thinking maybe right. one gets used early and one gets used later or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure right, how it's going right, to go. Right. But And it would make sense, too, that there's like somebody wins it for SmackDown, somebody else wins it for Raw. Sure. So... Whichever one comes first, then you're then we're all gonna be like, all right, well now we know that fucking Owens ain't winning, sure. Rude's not winning, Strowman's not winning, Finn's not winning because Ember Moon won. Right, like, right. <laughs> can't have can't have too many briefcases on a show. On one show. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I've turned on wrestling and it was just nothing but briefcases. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, I feel like something that is that could be captivating coming out of uh the women's money in the bank is i think natalia with that is a good look especially with the idea that ronda could be the champion after the end of money in the bank um i don't know what nia jack's like a bully now like what's yeah, going on? That's that's the uh, the common thread that N- Nia just turned into a real bully after that after she triumphed over that bully. You've become what you hate this very is, quickly. Yeah, that really didn't take long. It really didn't at all. It was a very <laughs> a very sm- a smooth turnaround. I I think one of the things that it, maybe it's too obvious, but I think both of the women's champions right now are transitional champions, right? Yeah. We're not going to be looking at either of these women as like, you know, Mount Rushmore, uh, you know, forever all-time greats. So, and looking at this card, both of their challengers 
are potentially all-time greats. Right. Right? We've got Ronda and we've got Asuka. And so I've got to imagine that whoever wins this uh, briefcase is going to end up fighting one of those two. Yeah, I mean, and that would make a lot more sense. And I think on either side of that, it's like, I like the Natalia look because, you know, that's the very little has been written into the Ronda Rousey character other than the McMahons and she's friends with Natty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that match, I really can't wait for that match when it does happen. I, you know, I think that it doesn't necessarily need to have a briefcase involved, but if, you know, that's where it brings us, then that's great. I want Becky with that thing though. If I'm, if I'm 100 on all of this, like, I just want her to be in a position where she can just get back into that picture because she's like fucking the most underutilized talent on the roster. A hundred percent. I've given up any faith in that just because I continue to get let down, but I would love nothing more than if she won that match. She would be great with that briefcase. Her coming out and talking on commentary all the time and, you know, being a looming threat to whoever... Yeah, happens to have the belt at any given time. Her against Carmella would be awesome. And I think that like I I think that there's a lot more intrigue in a babyface with that briefcase personally because I th- I feel like it's a heel thing to have that you can like yeah. use it at any time. And I mean I might be totally off on here, but I feel like most of the like long term briefcase holders of the past few years have mostly been heels because it's you know it's kind of a chicken shit thing to do you know you cash it in when someone is vulnerable but you know on the other side of it too it's like you could have someone like becky who's a competitor who's like listen like i've got this thing and i'm gonna use it to the fullest advantage you know that i can because why wouldn't i totally and she does a great job of being on mic when she's on mic she talks frankly and uh, I mean, the charisma is so solid. Everybody connects with her. I think she could absolutely leverage that briefcase to become a super prominent babyface on the card. Where it's, I mean, maybe not stale, but I think there's like a lot of there's a lot of issues with how the women are being booked at this point. They're kind of an afterthought. Maybe that's just because of these transitional champions that are happening right now. Yeah, it seems to have, in the same way that Seth Rollins just looked like a fucking star it's like coming back and i'm just like what is going on right now like it just it seems to have like really lost a lot of direction there's so much talent and it's really kind of hard to understand like where all the levels are aside from the title pictures yeah that's you know uh, yeah totally i mean did you uh, did you watch that gauntlet match oh yeah that was great. It was great. I wish it was longer, but it uh-huh. was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it was cool to see a lot of people shine. A lot of people get a few minutes to do their thing. Uh, but also, that's like seven people that I have no idea where any of them stand right now. Totally. I, totally. Ruby Riot looked... The, the the main takeaway I got from that gauntlet match is that Ruby Riot looked fucking awesome. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. I think that, like, she's one of those... I'm not, I, I don't... I guess I'm like... It's one of those deals where I'm like, I have enough of an attachment to like punk that when someone comes on screen and they're a punk, I'm just like, no, you're not. Like, no, don't like, I don't like this. I don't like this portrayal. You're a poser, Ruby (laughs) Riot. 
which is like, you know, probably not true. But I've really, really, really like gotten into her. Oh, like since she's come up to the main roster, she's so fucking fantastic. And the, the pay-per-view match that she had a couple months ago, I don't remember who it was against. And I don't. Uh, who was it against? She fought. Oh, she fought Charlotte, right? For the belt. Yeah, that was good. Her match with Charlotte. That was legitimizing. Oh my god, it was so good. And yeah, I think that I think that they're doing something. I think that it's smart with her because I think that she's it's it's it seems like she's been brought in maybe a little bit too quickly but she's proving herself kind of consistently I don't know if that's like actually how it's playing out like in terms of like where her favor is backstage mm-hmm. but she's done so well in the ring that I'm just more and more I'm just like god yeah she's fucking good she's pretty undeniable at this point and yeah I think you're right I think there was a, there's a bit of a hole that she has to dig herself out of because she was in the lesser of the two trios that came up right. at the same exact time and she didn't have any name recognition and Paige was this huge comeback story. Yeah. She, the, the, she there was a huge hole she had to dig herself out of there. And yeah, and and she's great. And so, I wish she was in this match. I wish she was in this match too. Um but whatever. You know. <laughs> Happens. It'll be all right. Um I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for Money in the Bank. I'm excited uh, to be to be back in the thick of it. A lot went down while I was gone. Uh, WWE is is worth one billion dollars to the Fox Corporation. That's so much money. That's so much money. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out um, because obviously that's a fuck ton of money, but. One of the things that I've been interested in lately is the idea that, like, this is, like, attitude era level huge. And, I mean, there's so much truth to, you know, the fact that, like, all right, well, they're going to be talking about SmackDown on Thursday Night Football. And it's going to be on, you know, a major network uh, channel on Friday nights. But... TV's way different than it was in the Attitude Era. The landscape is so much different. I mean, one thing that I'm excited about as someone that doesn't have cable is to be able to watch SmackDown. I know on TV. That's yeah. It's that's gonna be so cool. Real quick, the uh, <laughs> the uh, we went to that um, AAW show last weekend. Yeah, and. <laughs> I was going to bring it up when we were talking about Ruby. I feel like it's maybe Pat would get mad at me. But uh, the, she was like sitting next to us the whole time because uh-huh. we were just like, she came to the show and yeah, was just yeah, sitting yeah. there but was hiding with this hoodie on Is she the from whole here? Time. I don't know. Pat knows her. Pat just knows her from Shimmer, right? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was fun. Did you say hi? No. No? No. Did, I... you, did you ask her like, oh yeah, you like... Uh, you like Rancid? Well, fucking name name their first three albums. Name you your that? favorite. Did you pose her test for Ryan? <laughs> yeah, you probably never heard Operation Ivy, though. Yeah, do you even know what SST Records is? Like, no, yeah, they weren't on MTV, right? You don't even you don't even know. If you if if Henry Rollins wasn't in Black Flag, you wouldn't know who they were. Admit it. Admit it. Pose That's really test. funny. Um, 
Yeah, because now we got the fucking... I talked to Pat Creed yesterday, and we got the fucking VIP area, like, all the time now. That's what I'm saying. It's That's, like, you just, like, look around. You make any eye contact with people when you're up there. It's like, yeah, that's right. I'm fucking hot shit. I'm Dude, Scott from the Postmarketing Podcast. Don't you guys know me, right? Press yeah. box. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about... Oh, um, Fox. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a fucking big deal. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to 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 see how it plays out because like one of the things that you know wwe is worth a billion dollars right now but they're kind of worth a billion dollars because like so much of live entertainment and like must see tv is just dead like everything is being streamed now there's like very few like you know there's no such thing as like fucking there's no TGIF like lineup. Nobody's watching. Nobody's tuning in from seven to nine to watch all the sitcoms on ABC. So the idea that like this is going to be like huge in the way that it used to be, I don't think that I don't think that that's done deal. I think that they just understand that like well, at least four million people are going to watch a week. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder, so, I, I don't know, like, Raw 25 happened not too long ago, uh, and they have these, you know, big event, um, you know, week-to-week shows now and then, and I'm wondering how how much how much importance they're going to put on these initial shows uh, once it launches on Fox, right? Because The Rock is going to be on the first show, right? Right. And Stone Cold's going to show up. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. Pe- they're going to lay out the red carpet for a lot of folks, but I'm wondering how... Once that kind of dies down, what it's going to look like uh, moving forward. Is it just going to continue to be the same old show that it is? Or are they going to have to continue to bring in big stars or put on crazy matches? Well, it's going to be... I think it's going to be interesting because you have, like... You're working for a new boss. So it's like, you know, they've been on USA for so long that there's, I guess, a level of comfort i guess you know just in the idea that it's like all right we know that it's gonna come in between like these two lines it can't dip lower than this it's probably not gonna get any higher than this and the stagnancy that you feel you know in just like being comfortable and not having to worry about competition or you know losing favor with the network that kind of depends on them so now you have you you just have to like show up you have to show up to the new job you can't slack off it's like when you when you start at a new place and you're like all right well i got nothing to do right now so i better find something to do because i don't want the boss to think that i'm lazy real good employee type of stuff yeah so it'll i think it'll be interesting and it'll be interesting to see like what the approach is for like sustaining like you know, obviously, like, the big, you know, show of, hey, we're back. Remember these guys? And you might know a couple of these guys, but the the AJ Styleses of SmackDown. And the, yeah. the SmackDown upper mid card is going to be really interesting to see, like, who they think is going to be able to help carry and sustain that show and how... They think the best way to go about doing that is, is it by, you know, guys who are like super charismatic, like 
you know, or is it workers? Is it people that are able to wrestle well? It's got to be a mix of both, right? And they're going to have to... I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do. What, it's what, funny because we're all like... Everybody's you know, a fucking armchair quarterback. Everybody thinks that they know like what what you do to to please a fucking major corporation and sustain an audience of millions of people. Well, that's been a thing. There's there's always been an issue cuz USA gets their biggest numbers, Raw gets them their biggest numbers all the time consistently. Yeah. But f- from what I understand, the rumors that I've heard is that it's still they're not making tons of ad revenue. Right. Because they're selling to fucking basement dwellers and you know, people that I, I, people I think that drink Mountain Dew. People that drink Mountain Dew and eat Slim Jims. Uh-huh. And I think that the idea here is that hopefully this widens the audience enough where they can actually sell advertisements to shit that's worth advertising. Yeah. People that pay money. I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see how, if at all, the casual wrestling fan, the person that watches Thursday Night Football actually starts watching wrestling. Right. And I think that there's going to be... It's going to be interesting. I think that like the the main optimism that I have is that this is going to be dictated a lot less by what a couple of people want. It's going to be a little bit more of like market tests and just like that there's a little bit more that just goes into it uh, aside from like, you know, I think Roman is just like such a perfect example of like, if it's not working, having people that are there to say like, okay, well that's not working. Like maybe you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Vince is like, no, we're going to do it. Like, I don't think that that shit's going to fly, you know, on a, on a, on a place like Fox. Yeah. That might be, that might very well be true. And I'm also interested to see if this, if, because I'm assuming that there's going to be some secondary spinoff something that comes from this. Something like a Talking Smack or a separate show of some sort. Something yeah. is going to... There's going to be other avenues, whether it's on Fox or FS1. They have a lot of fucking content they got to fill. Who's going to be on Fox News? That's what I want to... Oh, my God. AJ Styles. Oh, no. AJ Styles is Don't showing up. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> gonna talk about country music he won't say anything too offensive but he'll show up yeah yeah i i man i don't want to think about it um hey uh subscribe on apple Podcasts. tell a friend about the show Phone a friend uh we do this uh well we try to do it every week unless you know i gotta go over to to europe and and get some culture and drink some non-alcoholic beers but uh we do this because we like hanging out with each other and it's a good way to to put some structure into our friendship but uh we hope that you're enjoying listening and you know we uh we do this because we like doing it so we hope that you're enjoying yourselves too we will be back next week for episode number 10 whoa the big x X. we'll see you then thanks for Inside a bottle and pretend that I was in a can. In my room, I set my mind in an ice cream.